Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast. Uh, this is episode 14. It's the second part of the Benny Egmelis episode. We recorded this one uh, along with the first one, but I just had to uh, wait a little bit to release it because I had the uh, previous episode with um, Bradley Bishop and Felix McCarthy. So thanks everyone who listened to that one and uh, everybody that uh, shared it and liked it and subscribed to the podcast. That helps out. There's been a couple of gigs cancelled. Uh, obviously, um, you've probably seen that a lot of the Canberra Comedy Festival events have been cancelled, if not all of them at this point, uh, due to the coronavirus. Um, so, if any upcoming comedy gigs, make sure you just um, update with social media because this stuff seems to be changing by the hour. If you listen to this as soon as it comes out, um, at this point in time, the open mic at the basement will be going ahead tomorrow, so that one's uh, still going ahead, so if you need a comedy fix, come and check that one out. We've got um, a few events over the next month, but like I said, just check out Mikey Worthington Comedy um, on Facebook, check out the ACT Comedy um, Facebook page, and also check out the uh, Gigs On Tonight and the Kaife Comedy pages so that you can... Uh, get um, up-to-date comedy events from all those social media outlets. I've also got um, Instagram at Marky Worthington Comedy, Twitter at Marky Comedy. So, uh, yeah, check all those out. We've got some cool stuff coming up in the future as far as uh, some of the upgrades to the podcast and also uh, some um, upcoming guests. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But for now, we've got the Benny Agmalese episode. Like I said, because we recorded it in one go, we just get straight into it. So uh, enjoy the rest of this episode. And until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Do you reckon doing stand-up helps you with interviews and and, and speeches and stuff like that? Stand-up... I think in its truest form um, helps you care less about what people think about you. I think ultimately, and when you begin to do that, you can then articulate accurately what you're really trying to say. Because we're in such a fucking woke society, man. Um, we're in such a, a, a society where everyone's trying to be heard and we have individuals coming up who want to be heard and we have individuals coming up so self-conscious about what they're about to say, whether it be received well, whether they're going to be considered a racist or a leftist or a rightist or whatever. Um, and when you do stand-up comedy, man, there is something about your feelings and soul getting crushed really early in the game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when you do a joke that doesn't hit, yep, the silence rips out all self-confidence <laughs> fucking lights it up in front of you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just says deal with it like yeah you got no you choice, have to man. it doesn't start until you don't do good the first time bro i remember the first like that i remember the first two rows of people's faces the day it didn't work <laughs> uh, and, and and it was just horrendous man it when i i thought it was just crushing but i I died so hard that it caused me to forget the rest of my jokes. Yep. <laughs> and that deafening tumbleweed feeling. And I come <laughs> off, man, and comedians are like, yeah, man, it's a tough crowd, bro. Don't worry about it. And I feel like if you get the tough crowd talk from comedians, it's just like, nah, bro, you ate dicks. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like an honest comedian will go like, yeah, it wasn't just your, it just wasn't your night. Yeah, yeah. But like someone else will be like, oh, man, they... The, the mics were down, there was people talking, yeah. <laughs> people getting checked, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> They're like patting you back, telling you like, no, man, I like the bit about, you know, the, and that's even better 
when someone tries to reinforce it and tell you that they liked something yeah, and they yeah. can't remember one of the bits. Yeah, you're like yeah, you just at the someone would be like, Oh yeah, I really like the bit where um Oh, good set, man. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing stuck with him. Yeah, man. I just love coming off stage and then one of the real, real comedians just goes, hey, man, so good that you ate the bag of dicks tonight. Uh, it's so good that it was you and not me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's it, man. That's the culture of comedian, stand-up comedy. You're going to do shit. I don't care if you are a 20-year pro veteran. There's going to be a night where what you're trying to say, man, just doesn't get across. And you're going to bite it hard, man. You're going to hit the dust hard. And it's so glorious. Like, definitely as you grow in your career, it's few and far between. But when it happens, man, and you know it's not you and you just see yeah. someone else struggling, there's in you it's like, yes. Or, or even if you've been doing it for a little while and you see someone else that's just starting. Yeah, right. And you watch them cop it for the first time. Yep. You're like, I'm glad that happened so you know what it feels like. Yeah, because yeah, Because yeah. some people go for the first like few months and never really go bad yeah bro. and they think they got it in the bag yeah and then nah. the first time they cop it i'm like go to sydney or go to melbourne do some shitty pub where everyone's drunk and and they're just heckling the guts out of you bro like if you can go up there and and do your set and and rip your setup and just work with the crowd and get off and not let that shape who you are as an individual or or walk out of there with any sort of self-esteem issues then you're ready for the game man like there's something about yeah. stand-up comedy man that like and this was saying like you know you're talking about radio or anything like that it doesn't matter man like when you stop being caring about whether you're going to offend someone like or that then then that's when you can really articulate what you're saying. And that doesn't mean go out and be an arsehole, man. That doesn't mean, like, get on the mic and just be, just be totally fucking offensive and offend everyone unless that's part of your act. Um, you know, you still got to be self-conscious of people's feelings. I'm yeah. not saying be an arsehole. I'm saying shape, like, writing jokes because you think that's what you're, that'll make you laugh. you got to get past that and get to the stage where you're writing jokes because you think it's funny and it's what you believe in. Yeah, and original as well. Like yeah, if that's you, it. Yeah. If you... See, I've written a couple of jokes in the past that are similar to something that I've heard before. Yeah. I usually scrap it or rewrite it. Yep, yep. Um, because I don't want to be another comedian doing the same joke about the yeah, same man. situation. And the same topic. And, yeah. And that's where I think um, you have to have a, a... You have to have a personality, man. Like, if you see me on stage... Um, it's generally how I try, I try to be on stage the way that I am off stage. And, and I think when you get more comfortable and care less about people, that's more, that's, that becomes more prevalent. Um, and you just, you just talk normally, you know, and that's what I love about some of the great, like Paul Moody, you know, who, who's pretty out there, man, as a comedian. Yeah. He, he's like just the, he comes off stage and he could sit down at the, the table and still talk and you wouldn't notice the difference he doesn't have a stage presence and an off-stage presence it's just Paul Moody yeah yeah it's all the same yeah and that's when you know like yeah shit yeah bro that's that's when you hit the, the stride he's comfortable with yeah. that be, be you on stage personality yeah and that's like you know as an Aboriginal comedian who's um, 
you know, had a few opportunities, you know, with Deadly Funnies and, you know, that's been televised and kind of, you know, sort of had a bit of exposure. Um, like you get young comedians come up and ask you about stuff and they're like, you know, wh- what do I do about this? What do I do about that? And, and I'm like, number one, are you funny with your friends? Like, do they find you funny? Yeah, yeah. Nah, man. All right, looks like you're going to be a mechanic, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll assign something that'll fit better with what you do. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. You can't, like, you. You might be the funny mechanic. Yeah, you yeah. might. Not, yeah. Yeah, like, um, you can't sort of. You can't fake being funny, man. You, you either you either see. You either funny or you're not and, mm. that, and that to me people have a different view on that but everyone that's that i've seen isn't funny man they're like they got to work 800 times harder to be that little bit funny you have to have a funny personality you got to be funny and come and i think two things man you got to be able to see the world differently yep and you got to be able to communicate and if you can't do those two things man you you, you can't be a comedian that, that's just me, man. Yeah, it's you look at it through the eyes of a comedian all of a sudden. Yep. Now, I, I've spoken to a couple of comedians that have been doing comedy for like less than two years. Mm. Um, I think I'm just over two years now. But people that are like 12 months or whatever, they said that um, sometimes they'll look at something that's all of a sudden now that's could be a joke, it could be a bit, like something that they would have just glazed over before now they see the funny side of it yeah absolutely it's because now it's like it's switched on that part of your your mind that sees it through the eyes of a comedian yeah absolutely every joke i would say every joke i've written has come out of a a conversation whether it be serious or in jest Uh, it's come out of a conversation with other people Mm. because to me, um, I can't sit there and and look at the wall and go, I wonder what's funny. Mm. I, I refer back to uh, different conversations I've had with people. And more recently, for me, exploring the 26th of January as an Aboriginal person, I think that there's a, a war going out there, I feel like, for the soul of... Of Australia on the 26th of January, and, and I'm trying to write around this concept about what it looks like, mm. and 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 I think because of the the, the politics around it, it, it's like if you support the 26th of January, you, you're a hillbilly racist, you know, Grand Dragon Wizard, Ku yeah. Klux Klanman, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you and if you 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 don't, you're either Aboriginal or too woke or super woke, you know mm. what I mean. Mm. And um and, and and there's comedy in it. There's comedy in these extremes, you know. And I'm trying to find the grey area in this whole conversation that where it all crosses over, where all parties can kind of agree on something. Because this is one thing I had a really interesting conversation with a comedian called Kitty Flanagan once. Okay, I won a competition, got to have a lunch with her. Yeah, and she's like right in the grey area. She's like because. Although those two have extreme views, there is this very small point where that where it intersects, and both of the parties can go. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> you right in there, you're gonna fucking kill. Doesn't yeah, matter what yeah. the subject is. And I think for me, when I found out the true meaning of the 26th of January, that's my grey area, and I'm trying to write in there. Mm. So you know, uh, 
and it came out of a conversation with my wife's parents and their generation, which is interesting. Yeah, dude. Like some of the fucking conversations I've had with people that are like of a different generation. Yeah, it just makes you realize how much we've changed and how far we've come. Yeah, man. Yeah, from that. Yep, and and also what's even funny, and I've written a couple of jokes about well, like within this premise, when people of like an older generation try to sound like they're culturally aware, that's funny <laughs> as shit, man. Like, oh, man, I, man I, I've just seen some things where I'm like, oh, that was your try at trying to be progressive. Like, yeah, you see, man, so yeah, 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 like, oh, that's a good try. You had a good crack at it there, you know? Man, I, I say this respectfully, man. My, I married a white girl, man. Like, she, her parents are like, I think her dad goes back to the first fleet and her mum's like German. So, yeah, yeah. You're not getting any whiter than this Just girl, white, bro. Yeah, She's yeah. like the pinup girl for 50 plus sunscreen white, man. She is it. But her parents, Jen, man, like, they're super lovely people, man. Super, never ever felt disrespected or any of that. Like with them, they are just the most loveliest people you ever meet. But they have some strong views, man. As as you know, Australians, um, and and we've gotten into debates with them, and it's so funny to hear their version of compromise. Like mm. they're like, I'm trying to be super woke here, but don't forget. I was born in the fucking 60s, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and I still got some strong views, yeah. y'all, and I'm not letting these ones go because I was born in the 60s. And I and I was like mad respect, you know, like and I was like we always end up in a in a bit of a laugh and dude, it would be like imagine if everything flipped on its head, right? Yeah. And everything went backwards and every all the views of the 60s came back in in the 2060s. Oh wow. All right, imagine that, okay? Man. But we still stuck with what we believe now. We tried to tell them that they were wrong. Yeah, yeah. We would know how they felt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Be- because we we think that that's the right what we do is the right thing to do. Yeah. And then society tells us that now that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, far out, man. I guess for me, because, you know, with the average... Let's hope that doesn't happen, though. No, no, hell <laughs> no, no, bro. Man. Hell no, man. <laughs> Far out shit. Especially for Corey's, man. We don't... <laughs> we're like, we don't want that. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> trying to prevent that. You know? <laughs> but it's so funny, like, a big example for me is, is looking at, like, the whole 26th of January. The majority of Australians believe it's around the the uh, First Fleet punching into... To, botany bay and and that's that's not it man it's it that was the 18th of january and and what you'll find is that that the whole entire 26th of january is based off when you could travel uh, under an australian passport we were free from having to use a british passport on not in 26th of january 1947 and and i just thought about the trivialness of a passport and the the fight to keep the 26th of January is over passports. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine yeah. like your whole belief system that you were like, man, this is what it represented. And you found out it was over some, some fucking like, you know, jelly beans or some shit like <laughs> yeah. that's just none related and yeah. really, <laughs> really unenthusiastic or just something not amazing at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to write this joke around like, imagine like, like a... a of like the Ku Klux Klan, you know, yeah, and and kind of thinking like if you dug into their history and found out their origins, that what they were really upset about were black ties, 
Yeah. You know, not, <laughs> you know yeah. I'm trying to like trying to make this relationship between extremities. Yeah. Um, but you know, wear, wearing a color other than white. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know what I mean? If it's you like, found something like that, yeah, or, you know. Showing your face yeah. in public. Like, it was just one of those things. Yeah. It all comes back down to something that they've just taken it out of proportion. Take it away out of proportion. So, um, but it's really funny because there were some recommendations made around, okay, well then if we were to change the day, what would be more, more so, appropriate? Well, yeah. And one of the, the recommendations was around the 1st of January. Um, because, you know, if for Australians who understand the Federation, the, the Constitution, it was made on the 1st of January 1901. But you could not get any more of a fucking Australian response from that. It's like, isn't that a public holiday already? Yep. Nah, scrap that idea, mate. We're not, <laughs> we're not losing a public holiday over this, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's so funny, man. I like to see... Even blacks were like... Our Aboriginal people were like, yeah, nah, we don't like that idea either. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like so committed to the public holiday, <laughs> mate. You know? Like, let's have a political debate, but it's not going to cost me a fuck of public holiday. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. We're going to gain one out of this, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like that's... One thing that united everybody yeah. was that it wasn't going to be on the first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like doesn't matter the race war going on. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter the politics, man. It's like we will not lose our public holiday. Yeah, you know, some fucking brave art speech. Yeah, all this aside, we're not dropping a public holiday. <laughs> <laughs> some Independence Day speech, man, and on this day. Yeah, yeah, the, like know. for freedom, sort of thing. Fuck, man. Laugh, eh? Yeah, yeah, but that's that's Australia, though. You know, it's legit. Like sometimes, I just work from one public holiday to the next. Man, I'll just yeah. go like, "Yep, all right." Like I'll rock up on Tuesday after a public holiday, and the first thing I'll search when I sit down at the desk is, uh, "When's the next public holiday?" Yeah, bro. Hey, because you need hope, man. Yeah, yeah. And even if it gets you through the next, like, uh, like if it gets you through the next three months, like. Come on, man, get that down. Like, yeah, because then it it's not that you're not working from one year to the next. You're working from one public holiday to the next. Yeah, it breaks bro. it up. And like you know, obviously we've had the like you know tragic fires that have come through and ripped through the south, man. And it, like nobody down this way has had a public like had a holiday, man. It's mm. gone right through Chrissy, man. It's hit a lot of homes. Everyone's been grinding straight through the holidays. So yeah, it's just like you, you need you you need something. A public holiday. Yeah, we, yeah. we need a, we need more public holidays. I reckon man. I reckon they should have one maybe in the middle of winter. Yeah. To send everybody to down the coast and spend some money down there. Right? Yeah, bro. Like like a second chance at yeah, the middle of man. the year. And like and everyone can oh, that'd be a good opportunity for everyone to kick off their New Year's resolutions for the second time as yeah, well, man. you know, going to the gym and that. Maybe they could put some like restrictions around like I it's only a public holiday if you're gonna be in Maria or something yeah, like that. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, Bateman Bay. Yeah, Bateman yeah. Bay, man. All the affected areas, yeah, stimulate yeah. the economy. And like say, so all of Australia is rushing to these sort of Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a public holiday if you bring back receipts from... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what used to always shock me, man? It's like I was thinking to myself, because Canberra's like the capital of decisions, right? And I was always wondering, like, why is it so top-heavy? Mm. Why is it? Why are all the holidays in the like first? Like, there's a shitload right yeah, at the start yeah. of the first quarter of the year, and then I moved to Canberra, where it's either really hot, or you freeze your nuts off. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And and like 
so it makes sense to have all your public holidays in like the summer and stuff like so that. So you can use them, yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, fuck it, man. Let's let's wax some. Let's get some bottom heavy holidays in there, man. Let's let's give it to the Queen's birthday, man. Come on, let's do something with that day and change it up. Change it up, yeah. You know what I mean? But maybe fucking I don't know, man. Right. Something else. As long as it's a public holiday, man, people. Yeah, still love yeah. It. I think we all we've all established that we don't want. It's it. a good time of year, mid, June long weekend, mate. Yeah, switch it up, put it down the bottom end, man. Let's 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 get some more holidays in winter. Spread them out. Spread them. Yeah, out. yeah. I reckon like first Monday of every month, just make it a public holiday for everybody that made it through the month, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we need to like cancel our ADOs. I, I think public holidays. I mean, like, I'm a small business owner, so obviously there's a side of me that goes, we don't want public holidays. We want everybody working, and we want them all grinding. Yep. But <laughs> yeah, dude, makes then, sense. But then I'm still a, still a human yep. and understand the value of a public holiday. I feel like we're going way too hard on public holidays, yeah, man. Yeah, man. No, no. <laughs> Fuck, we'll need a holiday after this. <laughs> Fuck, I need to get out of this. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you my uh, Benny stories. This is probably one of the first times. So, the first time I ever met you was at Phoenix when they used to run it. Yeah. I mean, just straight yeah. after you come down from Sydney. Yeah. But I'll tell you my funny Benny Egg story, man. One time when we were out doing comedy at one of the venues in town, um, I watched the bartender pour you a drink. Yep. And I and I was just having sodas. And uh, she said something back to you. And you said something back to her. I can't really hear what's going on. She puts the drink, she just made you a side, makes you another one. And I go up there, and I'm a bartender, man, so I don't want stuff to go to waste. Yeah, and yeah. I said, oh, whatever that was, just give me that. I don't want to see you pour it away. And she goes, no worries. And she just hands it to me up on, on the bar, and I pay and walk off. And I take a sip, and this thing's like rocket fuel, bro. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I come over to you, I'm just like, Benny, what'd you order? And you're like, I'm like, is this a, like a double? And you're like... Triple bras, I don't fuck around. (laughs) 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 Oh man, this dude's funny off the stage there. That's like a bit, but um, that's that was my Benny Egg story, man. And then we've done a few. That was probably within the first twelve months. Yeah, but um, I I I remember meeting you the first time there, and I don't remember anything, but I, I remember um. I I do remember the feeling, yeah, of of being at the Phoenix, right? Because I come from Sydney comedy, man. I've grinded, fucking, you know, done some, you know, toured with Heaps the Aboriginal stuff comedy up club. There, yeah. When I moved to Canberra, I was like, fuck, man, like my comedy career's over, man. I'll be honest, man. that's, yeah. that's how I felt. Well, there's only three mics a month here, bro. That's like, when you came, that's all there was. So I'm I'm I moved to this city so I could m- fulfill my commitments around comedy at night. I was fucking performing three four nights a week man mm. if i'm not in an open mic man i'm mm. getting paid to, to rep you know so i'm just grinding in sydney man like doing stand-up hardcore i come in and i was like oh man how many open mics are there and they're like oh there's like two three i was like yeah. fuck a week and i was thinking like that's bad and they're like nah man a month <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i was it. like fuck 
<laughs> no. And if you don't email, you won't get a spotlight. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's hardcore, man. And then I ran into you and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you looked normal to me, you know, because yeah. you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you were the most standout-ish looking dude. And when I met you, I was like, fuck, man, this dude lets me know that there's some personality. And then yeah, actually yeah. when I got to understand the comedians, understand the camera scene, I was like, this place is incredible. Like, it's yeah, incredible, yeah. man. And and it like from what it was to what it is 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 like you couldn't even, you wouldn't even believe me, man. Yeah, just the last couple of years, it's really picked up heaps, and yep. uh, there's been heaps of rad stuff going on uh, with the um, deadly funny scene as well. Yeah, like man. that, even that's gone even even more crazy since you've been here. Yeah, bro, massive. Like for us, we we like again, we want to grow the Aboriginal comedy scene here, and. Deadly Funnies is the Melbourne, so sort of like raw comedy, for those who don't know, raw comedy is like one of the biggest amateur stand-up comedy competitions in Australia. Mm. The Deadly Funnies is that for Aboriginal people. Yep. And and we like trying to get it, that's where I went through many years ago in 2016 or something, where I kind of got seen and it changed my world. Like, so... Even on my group of companies, people still go, "Oh, that's been he's a comedian." I saw him yeah, at Deadly Funnies, yeah. you know. So, so it's helped that side of business that has nothing to do with comedy. So, if we get more Aboriginal talent through there and and help them raise the quality of their acts, I mean, like we're gonna have a, a solid cast of like Aboriginal comedians coming through that can help grow the scene, man. And, yeah, and that's that's perfect for us, you know. Yeah, no, it'll. Only get bigger and better. Yeah, um, man. And just comedy in general. Like, I'm not part of the Aboriginal comedy scene. Oh, like, bro, you've, you've grown up with us, man. But yeah, man. Like, down the coast, there's a massive following down there yeah, for yeah, comedy awesome. in general. Um, and just growing up down there, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of what I draw from is the influence of, like, my upbringing, all the funny stories from when I was younger yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And, like... I reckon that as that scene rises, it brings everyone up. You yeah. know what I mean? Even yep. even the non-Aboriginal comedy scene. Yeah, man. It brings that up too because people are going out to shows and it's just generally getting audiences to go and watch comedy. That's right, man. Like in, in making the transition from being a stand-up comedian to say MCing, like MCing is a whole cohort of skill sets you need you can get up, man, and rip a set out and nobody will fuck with you. But when you get up and MC and you got to be like, you make that first step, like your MCing will improve your game incredibly. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, to transition our Aboriginal comedians from being just comedians to like getting them to MC and having that skill set, like again, it's fucking crazy to be able to read a crowd, see if comedians drop them off and pick them back up again, to dealing with hecklers, man, you know, to, um, you know, helping the venue, man, like with business. And, mm. you know, you, you, you're you an MC king, man. Yeah. You know what, what the relationships are like that you, you got to do it. Yeah, bro. So. Yeah, it's that next level before you start doing like features and. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, middle headlining eventually all that yep. sort of stuff it's yep. all the f all in steps yeah no one goes from an mc it uh, goes from an open mic to a, a headliner you know no you, fuck no man and you, and if you do you haven't got it you know what i mean yeah, People, you, doesn't matter like i could find you know uh like with the music scene man yeah a band could just go from the garage 
and then go, oh, we're headlining this gig. If you didn't open for a band, if you didn't do anything, you can say you're a headliner, Yeah. but are you actually a headliner if you haven't done the yeah, hard work? Man. You yeah, know? man. And that's why I think a lot of, um, there's been a lot of controversy around what they call social media comedians, right? They're social media personalities who have built their audience off of saying things that are funny on camera just in their room yeah. and then they hit the fucking open mic scene mm. and you realise, you know, like far out, man, like there's a big difference between sitting in front of a camera, ripping what you think's funny mm. um, to like getting in front of an audience that you don't know who's in there, what age bracket, what belief systems they have, whether they're left, right, middle, whether they're off the planet. You don't know shit, man. You just got a raw dog, that crowd, hardcore. You go in there and fucking read their vibe. Like, there's a big difference, bro. And I think where a lot of them have made it, um, the following that they've gotten has been due to their social media. And I'm not knocking social media. I think this is, the times are actually starting to change and value that. But... Um, there's something about grinding in a dirty pub with someone heckling the fuck out of you and you're just learning how to do that, to put steel in you as a comedian. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly right, man. You earn your spot then. Yeah, bro. You've done your hard... Like, I'll take it any gig. Anyone listening there, hit me up. I'll, I'll MC your wedding. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's because it gives me that experience. Yeah, man. I'll come along... Like, man... I've seen, uh, I spoke to Greg Kimball about this, man. He emceed a, a music night. He just came up between acts. Oh, wow. And he said it was fucking shit. And it, he just was, it was rough. Yeah, like, yeah, yep, yep. And yeah, anyone that's heard that episode, listen back or whatever, you'll hear that like, dude, it was a horror show, dude. Like it yep. was, but it was something that he had to do to get to where he is now. Yeah, man. I remember doing a show in a country town that I won't name and, um, and in this this country town, man, was like it's like the deep south for us in Australia. Yep. Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> so obviously, my pro Corey stuff is not really the flavour of the community. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, literally, I was primed. A eh, boys, they were like, "Okay, listen, just so you know, generally an all white audience, generally late thirties, early forties plus." And I was like, "Ah, like laugh, not the they were joking." Nah, man. The audience That's was, what I watched, yeah. the, the audience could have been a One Nation rally, man, yeah. for real, for real, for real. So I fucking started ripping my pro comedy stuff, man, and there was a point in it where I was like, okay, let's all accept that. In my head, I'm like, I'm going to accept the fact that nothing I say is going to register on their radar. So it clicked over and turned into a protest rally. And, that's mm. <laughs> and But I just went like this, like, I just went, fucking man, I've got half an hour to go. I'm just going to do these jokes. I might get a laugh, I might not. Yeah. But I'm a pro. Look, I'm a pro. I'm going to finish this strong and finish saying what I believe in. But I'm also going to be super respectful to the audience. And I just finished it, man. And it wasn't the, it was a disaster, in my opinion, mm. um, as a comedian. But the steel it puts in you, man, nobody could take that fucking rod out, man. It's there. Yeah. yeah. And. There's a way more pride in going up there and doing it yeah, and getting bro. through it than, than just folding, you know? Yeah, man. If you, if you fold or you question what you're saying or anything like that, 
they'll sense it. The the audience is like a pit bull, man. They'll smell that blood. They're like a, they're like a they're like a shark, man. And that that blood will come at you. Yeah, they'll man. come at you if they can tell that there's any weakness, bro. Especially when you start. One one thing I learned early in the piece. Again, I'll go back to my meet, break lunch break, uh, thing with Kitty Flanagan. She said, one thing you never do as a comedian is apologize. She said, so whenever you are making a statement, make sure you believe in it 100%. Uh, and for me, that was uh, a really big lesson that I learned because I'm, an, I'm Aboriginal. I've got a lot to say. But will I, what I say now still be what I believe in 10, 15, 20 years? And so for me, um, making sure that what I say, I don't just believe in it, that I fucking know that it's what I'm going to believe in 10 to 15 years. And that way, when you go up and you, you say what you say, it, regardless of whatever who says, like whatever they say, whatever they throw at you, you're just like, nah, man, and you got to back up and you got to back up joke after that and a back up joke. Yeah. Because you ain't going to shake me on what I believe. You know, it's, it's I've learned this shit. Yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. And I've seen a lot of comedians go up, man, and just get folded, bro, on stage because... They really either don't believe what they say or they're not used to people just fucking chewing them up, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know? if you if you can't stand behind what you're saying, then how you meant someone else to be, how you meant for someone else to believe what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, but um aside from that, dude, thanks for coming on the show. It's your first time for being here and um have you done many podcasts before as well? Yeah, I've done a couple in the in the past, so I appreciate you fucking getting us on, man. Like I'm trying to get my podcast game strong. Um yep. Ice Cream Productions, one of our companies that's involved in film and entertainment, we are looking at releasing a podcast and bringing up a whole bunch of things, reviewing movies yep. to, you know, interviewing sort of Aboriginal personalities to, you know, uh, you know, interviewing allies in the Aboriginal community, mm. kind of things like that, and just getting unique and, and that. So I appreciate you letting me come on in home my skills, bro. Yeah, dude. No, love to have you on um, again in the future with any other stuff that you got coming up. Yeah, 100%. Um, and thanks for coming on and dealing with the heavy mics, bro, getting some curls in. Fuck yeah, bro. These are massive, to be <laughs> honest, man. These <laughs> these mics are the biggest mics I've ever held, man. It's <laughs> like I'm... It's like I'm holding some friggin' black pornos. Yeah, dong yeah. Along, ding along, man. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Medingo's cock, man, right here in my mouth. It's probably the reason that none yeah. of the episodes go for more than an hour, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be Ronnie Coleman up in this bitch, yeah. man, with this mic, you know. <laughs> if anyone can use these for longer than an hour, you'd have to worry about what they're up yeah, to. Yeah, man, you know? I'm gonna start talking and just doing fucking bicep curls at the same time, bro. <laughs> just getting buff and ripping jokes, man. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my workout plan for the year. <laughs> Stuff, yeah, bro. man. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, and fucking, um, fucking, thanks for coming on, and I'll catch you next time, bro. Appreciate it, brother. Bless. Bye.